Mike Stiles, and this is This Week in the Metaverse, your weekly newscast that keeps you up to date on everything that isn't real and yet is. It's April 10th. What happened around the Metaverse this week? Here's what. We learned in The Godfather, never go against the family. Or if you do, don't go on any canoe rides with anybody on a remote lake. But John Carmack is not shy about being critical of his former family at Meta. He resigned at the end of last year, but even before he did, when he was partially in charge of Facebook's Metaverse, he bluntly said what was on his mind. Futurism.com's Nur Al-Sibai writes that in a recent podcast conversation with his old co-worker, Meta CTO Andrew Bosworth, Carmack made it clear he has not changed his mind. In short, he still thinks there's enormous opportunity in VR and in the metaverse, but that Meta and its competitors are basically blowing the opportunity. In what I'm sure was an attempt to be nice and helpful, he said the metaverse is still Meta's to lose, but the company isn't doing it any favors. His main problems with it are the tediousness and glitchiness of the user experience. He thinks VR headgear should be like your smartphone. It should just start working when you put it on. He thinks that once it achieves that level of usability, that is when VR is going to start replacing other devices we think are irreplaceable right now, like laptops and tablets. What's holding companies like Meta back from making this happen? Carmack thinks the answer is nothing. It's just a matter of doing it. And he thinks not only is the metaverse not dead, it's going to happen and could even be cheaper than cell phones. So where were all you fashionistas? Because apparently Metaverse Fashion Week turned out to be an emperor with no clothes. A downright unlingerie bust. Sure, brands, labels, and designers were there, but very, very few people engaging in the experiences that were created for them. This is the second annual Fashion Week, which is held in Decentraland, and if The Verge's J. Peters review is any indication, not a lot of advancement has been made in a year. More than 60 brands like Adidas and Coach were there with virtual spaces, and I'm sure they thought the experiences designed for them were incredibly cool, but the event just wasn't fun enough to create a big turnout. The best experience Jay found was a handbag that lured him closer with text boxes, then sucked him up into the bag, in which there was a psychedelic dance party. Problem was, the music kept cutting out, so avatars often only heard the shuffling of their own feet. Actually, audio was a big problem across most of the experiences. You could collect five mini bags and win a pink virtual scarf. Again, that's the most fun experience Jay found. Most were virtual showrooms for digital outfits that had some pretty impressive interactivity problems. And everywhere you tried to go, you got hit with terms and conditions you had to work your way through. Few things are more fun than terms and conditions pages. As for actually buying virtual clothes and accessories, Jay found a nice pair of wings that would have cost him the equivalent of $600 million. So in short, this was an amazing event for those who don't get out much or know the value of money. The Straits Times is wondering, just like the rest of us, what Apple's approach to the metaverse is going to be, or if there's going to be one at all. The word from people who pretend to know what's going on at Apple is that it might release its VR or AR goggles at the annual Worldwide Developers Conference in June. The idea being to make VR hardware and experiences that create a new necessity, as happened with the iPhone. 
Programmers and software companies are in wait-and-see mode because if what they release is cool enough, they'll jump right to work creating content for it. Apple chief Tim Cook told GQ, AR is exciting, and Apple has a history of going its own way with innovations, even amidst doubts and criticism. That said, he didn't confirm anything about anything. He's Mr. Cool Cucumber. Creative Strategies analyst Carolina Milanesi said, Apple's going to try to put its spin on it, then lead others to water. Once Apple gets into something, others follow. She knows Apple has tremendous swagger. But will Apple go straight to the full vision of the metaverse like Meta did, or just move toward it in increments? That's what the AR approach might be, launching Apple products that overlay the real world with virtual imagery, like a metaverse with training wheels. Or maybe Apple crafts VR versions of Apple Plus or Apple Music where you can sit in virtual seats for movies and concerts. Other analysts say don't get overly excited. Apple may be seeing these other companies losing money and pumping the brakes and not move forward. From the why should anyone have or use crypto department, Forecast News reports one big reason is remittance fees. Did you know Americans spend more than $12 billion in remittance fees every year when they send money to family and friends overseas using the traditional fiat financial system? But according to research done by Coinbase, overseas remittances using Bitcoin and Ethereum cost 96.7% less. The U.S. average fee is 6.18%. Coinbase said you shouldn't have to spend money to send money. Actually, you probably should expect to, but 6.18% is a little hefty. Sending Bitcoin to another wallet costs $1.50 per transaction on average, while an Ethereum transaction costs 75 cents. What's that? Money means nothing to you, and you just bought a $600 million pair of virtual wings? Well, what about time? Remittance through the traditional banking system takes an average 1 to 10 days because it has to go through a litany of intermediaries and processes that only happen during banking hours. Because, you know, we're supposed to believe even bank computers can't work after banking hours. The average waiting time for crypto transfers is 10 minutes. This matters, because close to a billion people globally use and rely on remittances, either to send or get money. Close to 800 million people depend on money sent by family that lives elsewhere for work. I am required to write some more about our new overlord and master, ChatGPT. On its way to becoming the single, irresponsible, unaccountable entity that we will all trust and accept as the one true source of information, people have been asking it some fun questions. Decrypt's Andrew Thruvalis writes that it was asked to pick a winner in the great debate over the respective worth of gold versus Bitcoin as a good investment. I know that's all my family talked about over the Easter weekend. Spoiler alert, it picked gold. And that makes financial commentator Peter Schiff really happy. He said, AI is pretty intelligent after all. It didn't recommend any allocation to Bitcoin. Specifically, ChatGPT was asked to come up with a recession-proof portfolio. It recommended 20% gold and other precious metals to cope with a big market downturn, 40% bonds, 30% defensive stocks, and 10% cash. Bitcoin didn't even get mentioned as something that should go in the mix. But when Decrypt directly asked ChatGPT its opinion on gold or Bitcoin, ChatGPT said, that depends. 
Gold is a tangible asset considered a safe haven during times of economic uncertainty. It's a limited resource and is hard and expensive to mine, which gives it scarcity and intrinsic value. Meanwhile, Bitcoin is not backed by any physical asset or government and is considered by many to be a speculative investment. Now, of course, the knowledge ChatGPT pulls from stops at 2021, so take that for what it's worth. Gold and Bitcoin are up 10% and 68% year-to-date, respectively. Both surged when the Fed bailed out Silicon Valley bank depositors and pumped hundreds of billions of dollars back into the banking system. What could go wrong? Okay, let's say you believe the metaverse is a dead duck. Does that mean all of blockchain technology is also a dead duck? Is your avatar actually a dead duck in the metaverse? Cryptopolitan's Micah Abiodun listed out for us some of the top blockchain trends for 2023. 1. Blockchain gaming. Tokenization of in-game assets is a game changer, and blockchain allows for a decentralized gaming economy. 2. Banking and decentralized finance. So far, customers that spend a lot in smart contracts each month have come to trust this financial system, which suggests it's going to be accepted by a lot more people. 3. Blockchain and AI integration. AI is used to make blockchain-related choices like spotting fraudulent transactions or deciding what data should be kept on a certain node. 4. Value chains. Transactions can be tracked to its original data chain, enhancing reliability. This will result in new operating models. For instance, Walmart reduced the identification time for fruit shipments from 7 days to 2.2 seconds. Digital identity and personal information. Third-party entities wouldn't own and control user data. Blockchain makes you the owner and controller of your information. 6. Data marketplaces. Blockchain-based platforms where users can sell their own personal data. 7. Blockchain as a service. An affordable way for a company to access blockchain technology without having to build and maintain its own systems from scratch. And 8. Marketing and retail in the metaverse. The metaverse does present business opportunities to create digital assets and new revenue streams. It's blockchain that makes that possible. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have to go check on my fruit shipment. That's all we've got for you this week. If you don't share or tell people about the show, it will die. You're a very powerful person. So do so, and we'll be back next week. Hey.